Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline. My name is Sierra. And I'm Danielle. And we are back with another edition of the TBR podcast. So if you're joining us for the first time, we have all been pulling random numbers off of our Goodreads to be read lists and challenging each other to read them. So um, if you have not checked out our last episode, be sure to give it a little listen. And then in that episode, we pulled books for this episode. So we're going to be talking about those today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes. I think so too. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Who wants to get started? Oh. I, I will. Yeah, you do it. You do it. <laughs> you okay. <go. laughs> um, so the first book, I'm going to start with this. The first book that um, was pulled for me was pulled by Sierra, um, and it was called She Is Me Too by T.M. Shivener. I'm not sure that I said that right, but um, I couldn't find that book in our library, um, and I couldn't find it in any library, and it was a little bit more than I wanted to spend on Amazon. So off podcast, I we pulled a different number for mm-hmm. me. Um, And for that one, the book is called um, The Principle of the Path, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be by Andy Stanley. Um, That one also isn't in the library, but I was able to find it on thrift books for really cheap. So I did buy it from there. Um, So if you are interested in this book after I kind of talk about it, um, just something to keep in mind. Um, and we are trying to be aware of that going forward. So if we recommend anything, it'll be something that you guys can pick up for yourselves in our library. Yay. Um, so the, the description of the book was kind of long, but I got a piece of it. Um, it says, not where you want to be, wondering how to get there. Why is it that smart people with admirable life goals often end up far from where they intended to be? Why is it that so many people start out with a clear mental picture of where they want to be relationally, financially, and professionally, and yet years later find themselves far from their desired destination? Why do our expectations about our own future often go unmet? What if you knew the answer to those questions? What if there was one simple idea that explained why so many people get lost along the way? There is. It's called The Principle of the Path. Um, so this book was really good. Um, one uh, Part of my review for it was this book was not full of anything new. It was not any big light bulb aha moment, but it was full of what I needed to hear to evaluate where I am, why I'm not where I want to be, and what things I can think about and do going forward to get where I want to be. Hmm. Um, so I really liked that it wasn't anything I had to learn. Mm. Um, it was just somebody telling me things that I already knew and like saying this is easy why aren't you doing this you're a grown-up you can do this (laughs) and I was like oh yeah I can um it is scripture based Stanley Stanley is a pastor um that I really like so there is some scripture in there so if that's not your cup of tea just heads up but if it's something that doesn't bother you or something you enjoy it was really great it was spot on um everything was relevant to um the concept of the book, it was very conversational, it was funny at times, um, and it wasn't, like, the fact that I'm not where I want to be, it didn't make me feel guilty, it didn't make me feel like, well, you made a wrong turn, and you're a failure at life, so Mm, fix it, um, it was like, you took this turn, 
90 million other people on the planet have made the same exact turn. (laughs) Here's how you turn around and go the other way. Or here's some things to think about to kind of help you to get back on track. So it was really good. It was really practical. Um, Quick read, short book. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Nice. I feel like that's really important for self-help type books. Yeah. That you're not feeling beat down by what Mm -hmm. they're telling you, but it's more encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, and I think great. we talked in our TBR or not TBR. This is the TBR podcast. You and I talked in our self help podcast yes, about how yeah. some self help books are giving you so much new that you're just like ah, yeah. But I don't know how to stop doing what I'm doing. Right. And I like I like self help books that are like you don't have to necessarily stop doing what you're doing, but think about it in a different light right. and like yeah. evaluate what you're doing now mm-hmm. so that you know what to change. Right. Not yeah. like here are all the things you're doing and here are all the things you need to change and now go out there and do it. And do it. Buckaroo. Yeah. Yeah. That's overwhelming. (laughs) It is. But yeah, this one was not overwhelming. I remember putting it on my TBR list um, simply because I like Andy Stanley. Um, He's a voice of authority that I value. Um, And so when I saw that he had books, I was like, oh, what? I like like this guy, (laughs) Andy. Um, and so he had a few of them that I put on my TBR list. And so this was one of the ones that got drawn. And I was really glad that it came up. Yay. That's yeah. so great. I'm so, so glad. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I can go ahead and go next. Um, one of the ones that was picked for me, this one by Caroline, was the Midnight Library. And this yes. has been um, just circulating like crazy in the library. So it was one that I wanted to pick up. Um, so I'll start with reading the description off of Goodreads. Um, It says, between life and death, there is a library, and within that library, the shelves go on forever. Every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived, to see how things would be if you had made other choices. Would you have done anything different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? A novel all about the choices that go into a life well-lived. And then I'm just going to skip a little bit. Um, Nora Seed finds herself faced with this decision, faced with the possibility of changing her life for a new one, following a different career, Undoing old breakups, realizing her dreams of becoming a glaciologist, she must f- search within herself as she travels through the midnight, midnight library to decide what is truly fulfilling in life and ma- what makes life worth living in the first place. So I want to, I don't know how to do this, it's like that great, but I kind of want to give a trigger warning for this book. Um, yeah. The beginning is really brutal and it does discuss suicide, so just be aware of that. Um, I was really really depressed in the beginning while I was reading it I actually got like 15 minutes in and turned to Dan or 15 pages in and turned to Danielle and I was like does this get better because otherwise I'm gonna quit (laughs) I was not in the right mental state for it I was not like it's I feel like the beginning um was really brutal it's heavy it's deep yeah and when I I didn't really fully realize and I do this to myself with everything when I was in school I do this with classes I know I do this with books I go into it not really knowing what to expect and like I could read the description and still not know what it's about Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't think I fully got that the first line of the book is like oh gosh I should read it um because it was one of those I I laughed I was like that's kind of a weird way to start a book um it says 19 years before she decided to die blah 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 blah. and I was like decided to die like and then I was like oh wait a minute (laughs) I know what I do know what that means (laughs) that was not funny actually um so yeah the beginning was really brutal and you could tell it was written from a perspective of somebody who'd experienced that thought um so that was 
really, really hard. Um, however, it does get better. Mm-hmm. It does. Danielle promised me it was going to get yes. better. And by the end of it, I really liked it. I gave it a three and a half stars on Goodreads, which for me is decent. <laughs> I'm one of those people who's horrible and doesn't get five stars to hardly anything. Um, but I feel like it's something that, like, you could see the character's growth throughout the story. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it does end well. Yeah. So. I really appreciated that there were some learning moments in it. And honestly, there were learning moments in it for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of the reviews on Goodreads were people complaining, like, this is a self-help book, like, or oh. disguised as a, a disguised as fiction. I'm like, okay, but if you haven't been in that moment, you haven't been depressed or any of that, like, I could see why you'd think that. Mm-hmm. But as somebody who has had some, like, level of mental health struggle, it's like, no, there's... There's definitely validity to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and really, any story with like the moral of the story is a self-help mm-hmm. book disguised as yeah. fiction. So yeah. I it's, mean, yeah, it I asks don't know. you to look into yourself, and if yeah. you can relate to the character, then there's some part of you that's like, oh, and I want to relate to characters. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, I feel like that's half the beauty of a good book, right? You know. So. Yeah. Anyway, overall, I would definitely say I enjoyed it once I got past the beginning. So if you're if you're cool with reading through the first like. 50 pages of it just being really brutal (laughs) go for it um a lot of people loved this it made um the good morning america book club so a lot of people liked it yeah Yeah. i think caroline and i have both read it too yeah i did i read it as well yeah yeah and i liked it um i don't remember what i gave it on goodreads i know i had a little bit of critique of it but nothing that i think the problem was that so many people had hyped it up so big that i was expecting Mm -hmm. this like revolutionary life changing the best book I've ever read and I was like this was pretty good yeah yeah Yeah. and so when I went to review it on Goodreads I was like well I'm I'm trying to be pickier about giving five stars Mm -hmm. because I'm like you get a five and you get a five and I need to pull back (laughs) because if you hover over it it says I really loved it and I'm like well sometimes I don't really love it I just think it's pretty good yeah and but I'm so compelled to be like five I give a lot of fives Yeah. yeah And I like to give a lot of fives, but I'm just like, unless it's the very best book I've ever read, I don't want to give it a five. So yeah. I did appreciate the, those life lessons, though. I mean, like, from the littlest things of just, like, the way that your life is isn't – or the way that you view your life isn't necessarily reality. Yeah. Yeah. And being careful to recognize that. And I think even if you're not somebody who's ever experienced a mental health struggle, I would be very pressed to believe that nobody out there, like – not a single person has never thought like, well, what if instead of turning left, I turned right? Or what yeah. if, oh, you know, totally. saying no to going out on a date with this person, if I had said yes instead, mm-hmm. if that could have been the person I married. It's like mm-hmm. everyone has that thought. And I think that ex- is explored in yeah. this book. And yeah. it was, it was, yeah, it's like a comfort to read that and be like, no, things worked out the way they were supposed to for a reason. Yeah. Totally. So I really enjoyed that. I think for me, my only thing with that book is I would say read it with your eyeballs instead of audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I felt like there were a lot of times where she said yes instead of no, and she went right instead of left, and there was a point where I was listening to it and I was like, oh no, please don't make another choice. Like, I get it. I get where we're going. Like, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so had I read it with my eyeballs, I could have just kind of skimmed through those mm-hmm. pieces. That yeah. was my only complaint as I, listening to it, I felt like it dragged on a little bit. Yeah. But no, I, I would, did still I would agree it. with you on that. I feel like there were like some sections kind of in the middle that could possibly have been skipped over. But then once you hit the, the end of the book, there was some good meat too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I get that. Good stuff. 
awesome. Sweet. Well, um, the book that Sierra pulled for me was The Nowhere Girls by Amy Reed. And I very specifically remember when we pulled it on the last podcast, I was like, I don't even remember what that is or why I put it on my list. Now I do. Um, so it is, like I said, it's um, The Nowhere Girls by Amy Reed. It's um, about three girls who go to school together who are all kind of misfits in their own right. And they each collectively come together to create a group called the Nowhere Girls. And it's meant to be like, we're nobody, we're nowhere, but we're everywhere. Um, and major, major trigger warning for this book as well. Um, this is a book about sexual assault. Um, so a sexual assault takes place in this town at the high school where these girls go. And they're like so enraged by the violence that was that had taken place the year before and how the whole town kind of brushed it under the rug and then the same group of people who perpetuated the violence are still like super misogynistic super um you know like saying horrible things to the girls at school and doing horrible things and bragging about it online and so they create this group of girls to try to encourage everyone to like stand up against this and like to speak out against it and to hopefully like make some kind of progress to either make it stop or like to have justice brought um, where it wasn't in the past. So um, I really liked it. I gave it four stars on Goodreads, but I started my review by saying that it was really hard to rate the book because the message was so good and it was so powerful and important. Um, but there were definitely spots where I felt like the message and the writing style were a little rocky. Um, I liked the three main characters, but the book is told in three perspectives. So the characters are Rosina, Aaron, and Grace, and it's told through each of their perspectives, but sometimes it's real messy. And I was like, who are we listening to? Who are we talking to? I don't really know where we are. And then every once in a while, they throw in someone else's perspective, like not of the three girls. Mm -hmm. And you were just like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd they come from? Yeah. And then they would disappear and never be heard from again. <laughs> and it was somebody in the Nowhere Girls or like on the periphery of the Nowhere Girls group. But it was like, and now you're going to hear about this person's perspective. And I hope you didn't like them because you're never going to hear their perspective again. And it was just like, <laughs> where did she go? Um, and then the other thing that I really struggled with, there's a disagreement in the book at one point among the characters um there is a conversation that takes place with someone who has survived a sexual assault and she kind of gives like a monologue about how like if she doesn't report what happened to her that like it's going to happen again and it's all her responsibility to like do something and say something but just like a couple pages like a couple chapters back they've been saying like well, you know, when we go to talk to this person, we have to understand that like everybody like copes in their own way and deals with things in their own way. And if they don't want to report, that's okay. But then we get this like half a chapter monologue about how like it's on me if it happens again, I have to be the one to say something. And I was just like, mm -hmm. ooh, I, eh. as someone very close to this topic and someone very like, <coughs> like, present in the awareness of sexual assault awareness it felt a little shamey like if you don't say something then you should be ashamed of yourself when like two chapters back it had been like well be understanding people go through things and it's like so which is That's it conflicting. though yeah it was very yeah. conflicting yeah. so like is it you should say something or you should do what you need to do however you need to do it yeah. it's very strange but I, like I said I, overall I really liked it um, if you're someone who is like kind of 
maybe not like necessarily involved in like sexual assault awareness. Um, this was a book that like, I felt like if, if you'd read it, you'd be like, oh, I gotta get out there and do something about mm -hmm. this because this is heinous and it is. And so I, I thought this book would be the, the push you would need to go out and like fight crime and yeah. stuff. So yes, that's great. <laughs> I, I liked it. it. It was really, it was a good book despite some of its little flaws. Yeah, okay. that's great. Yeah, it was good. And that was Sierra's pick for me. Um, well, Caroline's pick for me ah. is It Was Public Relations by Katie Heaney and Ariana Rebellini. <laughs> um, Got some tough this, ones this time. I know. <laughs> this book was um, definitely a chiclet book. Um, it was one I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I had stumbled on um, when I did a chiclet display. Um, and it's one that I think doesn't get noticed as much in terms of like chiclet type books, um, but it was really good. Um, I gave it a four stars, but I in my review I said 3.8 stars, but I rounded up to four. Um, <laughs> I love when people do that on Goodreads because I'm like, what do you, how do you, okay. Well, but, you know. <laughs> it's not quite a 3.5, but not quite a four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, so what it's about, it's young PR star Rose Reed is thrown into the big leagues when her boss leaves town the day of the firm's meeting with Archie Fox, a young, hot, internationally famous British singer-songwriter. The meeting is going badly until Rose suggests a staged romance with up-and-coming young indie star Rhea. He'll do it, but only if Rose becomes his publicist. As the fomance begins to rehabilitate Archie's faltering career, Rose finds herself having unexpected, inconvenient, and definitely unprofessional feelings for the crooner. But do late-night texts and impromptu burrito binges mean he feels the same? In the end, Rose will have to decide whether to let her fantasy crush go or to risk her reputation to be with the charming, handsome, scoundrelly, but sweet pop star she's grown to love. Um, I loved it. <laughs> risk it. I like it because it was, it very much fits the, like, format of a chiclet book. Yeah. But it was put in a different setting. I don't know much about PR world and press, mm -hmm. rela uh, public relations work in general. So to kind of see the character who does press relations, or public relations, I keep wanting to say press release and public relations, <laughs> public relations, um, and to see the work that goes into that and how so many celebrity outings and interactions are actually, like, a production in and of itself. Like, it's something yeah. their agents have put together for them. Um, it was just interesting. Like, I, I just didn't know all the things that kind of went into that and so that was fun and different just in and of itself and then I got the romance will they won't they um thrown in the mix and then the ending was super cute um I put in my my review I really enjoyed this book I would love to see it as a movie and I'm not a big movie person mm. the characters were fun and relatable the dialogue was funny there were emotional parts of the book where I was able to empathize with the characters, especially Rose. I think Rose is what really made the book for me. She was a hard worker who was both confident and self-conscious. I could really relate to her. Um, and that's kind of what I like about those those kinds of books is usually the main character is going through stuff that we've all gone through. I mean, relationships yeah. are what they are, and there's not really a whole lot that's unique to them um, in some ways. And so... It was just a lot of fun. Um, I definitely recommend it, especially if you just want a fun, light romance read. Um, we do have this book, 
and it it was so worth the read. I was so glad I put it on my TBR list. Yeah. I was so excited to read Yay. this one. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Fun. Yeah. I love like a little chiclet. It sounds a yeah. little bit like a maybe slightly more advanced Hallmark movie to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I love a little bit of maybe that. Maybe a little more alternative Hallmark. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, fun. it was really cool. The same kind of plot. So yeah, I love it. All right, well, my second book was Stranger Planet by Nathan W. Pyle. Um, Anybody who does not think that they know what this book is probably does if they have been on the internet at all. Um, Nathan Pyle has made these Strange Planet comics. They're these little, like, light blue, bald alien guys. um, And they do all kinds of everyday activities. And they just use different language than most people Mm -hmm. would. Um, So they have just, like, there's a fun style. I really enjoy the fact that he um, is just not what's the word I'm looking for he's just he he explores language and uses it differently than we do every day yeah it's like English but very very literal yes yes they're very literal literal. English yes Yes. to the umpteenth like the most literal it's hilarious he's so fun I know they're super fun and just so relatable (laughs) I, I, I read the first one and it's called Strange Planet so this is the second that he's turned into a book um, and some of these I'm sure he's posted online and things like that. Um, but they're just, they're fun and they're everyday life. They're not these like offhand, really weird things. Like so many of them are everyday life. I flagged a few because I was just like, I got to talk about a few specifically. Um, and obviously because they're comics, it's comic book style, but not graphic novel style. Because we talked about yes. that last time. <laughs> Different. Graphic novels and I are not super great friends not because I don't think that there's value in them but just because I have trouble following them I think that these kinds of comics are simple enough that there's and there's not so much happening in the image that I have trouble following Mm -hmm. it plus they're shorter and it's not like a whole book about the exact same thing um one of the ones that I thought was the funniest was about stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> um, so just as an example, it's cease, plummet, and rotate. <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. And then the, the instructor says, rotate until you are extinguished. <laughs> Somebody raises their hand and says, how frequently will we do this? And the instructor says, almost certainly never. <laughs> but you will recall this until the day you perish. Which is correct. It True. is. I, when True. I read that, I was like, he is not wrong. Nope. Yeah. He's absolutely not wrong. Um, one of my favorite parts of this particular um, book was the use of songs and I don't remember this being in Strange Planet but he did the Itsy Bitsy Spider um and he just redid it and I'm not gonna sing it because I don't think anybody wants to hear me sing but the fact that he was able to keep the syllables in it and keep it on the same pattern was so funny to me I'll read it again um the small eight-legged creature ascends the liquid drain then liquid flows, its grip it can't maintain. The star makes the drain dry as it was before, and the small eight-legged creature ascends the drain once more. That <laughs> so is good. so and awesome. It's just like you can, you can hear the tune in your head. It uh-huh. goes perfectly. So I don't know. I just thought that was really funny. This one was just a fun, I mean, it's not the same as, you know, a normal quote-unquote book that we would be reading for this kind of podcast but it's just was a fun light read I just Mm -hmm. read it in a couple days you know off and on and nice to have your brain not so focused on the reality of life and Mm -hmm. just be able to laugh about life too Mm -hmm. so yeah that's always fun I love it oh I love that Nathan Pyle is awesome yeah he's great 10 out of 10 recommend yeah for sure 
So our last book, um, this was Danielle's pick for me. Um, it was called Not the Witch You Wed by April Asher. And I actually found out it's the first in a series. Oh. So it's the Supernatural Singles series. Oh, okay. wow. Fancy, fancy. So um, I will read the description from Goodreads. Uh, a fake relationship between a magicless witch and a wolf shifter turns to more in the start of a bewitching new paranormal rom-com series. Magicless witch Violet Maxwell wants nothing to do with alpha wolf shifter Lincoln Thorne, the man who broke her fragile teenage heart. But when the two of them are forced by arcane supernatural laws to find mates, Violet and Lincoln agree to fake date their way to a fake mating in order to conjure themselves some time. The joke's on them. When old feelings make a reappearance along with Violet's magic, they both realize there's nothing fake about their feelings. But there are old secrets and looming threats that could snatch away their happily ever after again. One thing's for sure, magic does not make dating and love any easier. Um, okay. It was very cute. Um, I am not normally, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm not normally a romance novel person. Um, because I think typically we know how it's going to end. It's like, mm -hmm. this is not going to surprise me all that much. Um, but this was really cute. Um, this supernatural element was fun. Uh, again, I'm not a big romance reader. So when I do read romance, I'm every single time I'm floored by it being saucy. If it gets, <laughs> if it gets even a little spicy, I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. So when I was reading this, I was like, oh, Violet. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I wasn't expecting that. Um, but it was, it was good, and it was also not necessarily about the romance. Um, you realize about 100 pages in that the... Well, I guess, no. You realize about 100 pages toward the end that it's really more about, like, realizing your own strength. Like, okay. throughout the book, Violet is like, I don't know how to do magic. I've never done magic. I've always been magicless. And then when she starts very early in the book to get her magic... She's like, mm, nope, still don't know how to do this. Even though she's like super powerful, super good at maintaining her magic, super good at keeping it under control. And everyone's like, no, Violet, you're a witch. Like you're doing a really good job yeah. being a witch. And she's like, no, no, no. So it's like you watch her and Lincoln's relationship develop throughout the book, but you're also watching her figure out like, oh, I actually am somebody. Like yeah. I'm powerful. I'm a good witch. I'm a good person. And it, so it was, I really liked that. Okay. Um, there were some cringy bits because there <laughs> wouldn't I wouldn't have given it three stars if I hadn't thought there were some bits. Uh, Lincoln, at the beginning of the book, condescendingly calls her princess like oh princess, and then it becomes her pet name. And I was like, mm. sir, oh no, no ma'am, mm -mm. mm -mm. no. If you start out calling me something because you want to condescend me, it certainly should not turn into my pet yeah. name. It's oh not cute. no, it's not cute. No, not at all. And then, and this is, this was just I was I was like pick one there were a lot of um ways that they used swearing but which like they replaced swear <laughs> words with which like um which please was used a lot way too much and I was just it approached a point where I was like stop stop this is so cringy but at the same time, she could have kept it totally PG by just using, like, the witchy replacements for swear words. But then every once in a while, they'd drop a real swear. And okay. I was just like, so these words do exist, mm -hmm. but we're going to use witch in place of a lot of cussing. It was very strange. Mm -hmm. I just, and it bordered on, like, 
getting annoying until like it was overdone. I was like, okay, we get it. They're witches. We get it. It's funny. They are witches. Right. Um, I just that I don't know what about that to me. By the time I heard "witch please" like the fortieth time, I was like, "Stop! Oh my gosh! Please make it stop! Witch please stop! Witch please stop! Oh, this is so annoying. I don't know why, and I I just never want to hear the word princess again. Um, just the the ways that it went from being like mm, princess to like oh princess. I was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. I hate it. I'm done yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it was a good story. If you if you can get past some of those cringier bits and like the really like those things kind of felt YA to me in a book that was certainly not YA okay, in yeah. it's like spicy sauciness. Okay. So I don't know that I'll continue the series, but it was one that I added because I know that these like rom-com enemies to lovers or like lovers to enemies to lovers in this case, it's very popular right now. But I think I'm good on the Supernatural singles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, April Asher. Okay. I think I'm done. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't. I couldn't tell if humans existed in this world. Oh. Sometimes okay. we refer to people as like they're a shapeshifter, they're a demon, they're a goyle or a ghoul, a goyle. <laughs> <laughs> and then every once in a while, you're like, oh, and that human person. I'm like, do they know they live in this world full of like ghouls and demons and supernatural? Beings? But we yeah. don't yeah. ever really find out. Okay. Maybe later in the series. Maybe, but I'll never oh. know. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. That's fair. I'll never find out <laughs> yeah so that was fine okay All right How so fun. we pre-polled so that we could be sure mm-hmm. that these books were all in our catalog yes yes so does everyone want to say what their new titles are sure but okay. first if you listened to the last tbr podcast i would just like to say <laughs> you'll be proud of me when I get to my picks. I'm, I'm proud of Caroline, Thank too. Thank you. I am. Yeah. Thank you so much. She's worked hard, guys. Thank she you. Has. Thank you. Not too hard, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I will get started. Um, so for my picks for next time, um, Sierra picked for me All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. I think that's how you pronounce I it, think. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we have that in the library. It circulates all the time. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and the one that Caroline picked for me is The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. That's, yeah. Michaelides. Michaelides, yeah. Michaelides. <laughs> um, and that's another one that I see all the time in the cover. I judge the book by the cover and it looks real cool. So <laughs> I'm here it for it. All right, and the ones that were picked for me, um, I did bump my list up slightly to 30. I think last time I had like 19. Oh, so, yeah. hey, listen, we're Woo-hoo. working on it. I, I bumped mine up too. I'm at 123. Oh, sweet. Yes. Yeah, no. I definitely uh, had a much longer list, as we discussed before, that I got rid of. So we're, we're just working on it slowly but surely. Um, but the first one was chosen by Danielle, and that was Flight 93. It's about 9-11. It's Flight 93, the story, of, the, story the aftermath, and the like of American Courage on 9-11. Um, so that one will be interesting. And then the one that Caroline picked for me is another probably very heavy uh, nonfiction called Voices from the Pandemic. Americans tell their stories of crisis, courage, and resilience. So in the next two months, I'll be reading some uh, heavy nonfiction. I, these were both ones that have, you know, caught my eye on our shelves here at the library. So I'm hopeful that they'll be worth the read. Yeah. Fun. And then 
my list, I don't remember what my number was last time, but I know it was in the 1800s. Yeah. My list is now down to 1,794. So, hey, Caroline. I'm getting there. Uh, hey, listen, we tell her to put the library journal or the school library journal away like every time we see her with that in her Goodreads up. It's don't like, pick nope, it up. Don't, don't do pick it. it up. It's not. Nope. 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 We're getting it down. Not yeah. Up. It's getting there. So, um, the book that Danielle pulled for me was Cackle by Rachel Harrison. I have no idea what it's about because, again, I'm just throwing stuff on my Goodreads reads list all willy-nilly uh-huh. um and then the book that sierra pulled for me was the house of kennedy by my by my good buddy jimmy p <laughs> james patterson <laughs> my guy jimmy p jimmy p um i don't read a lot of patterson um for good reason because there's too much of it frankly um <laughs> i just can't there's no way anybody could keep up with that but i'm also just not like a huge mystery thriller person so anytime i do read a description for a james patterson book that i'm like that sounds kind of cool i put it on my list because i just anytime people come up and ask for a recommendation in the james patterson category i'm just like i got nothing because yeah, i've only yeah. read one book by him and i was it was totally. fine but it wasn't anything for me to write home about so yeah. Yeah. i don't I also don't remember what the House of Kennedy was about. I'm assuming the Kennedys. Yeah. Um, but That's a good guess. I'm going to give my guy Jimmy P a, a shot. Okay. Yeah. Also, to clarify for mine, I don't know what either of these two books are about. <laughs> All the Light We Cannot See I picked because it circulated a bunch, and That's so I figure I it has to be good. <laughs> yeah. um, and The Maidens, like I said, I just think the cover looks super cool. I was going to so. say, that one's circulated a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. I know, I've seen that one, too. Yeah. So. So. And mine are really self-explanatory, Yours you guys. Are. <laughs> the titles just stay. But I bet yours are going to be uplifting. But yeah. It'll I, be heavy, I so. but I think it'll be yeah. uplifting. I think so, For too. sure. Well, I hope yours both work out well for you, because I did Me the same too. thing with the Midnight Library, where I was like, no idea what this is about. Yep. So okay. sometimes look at it's us. a hit, sometimes it's a miss. True, so true. look at that. Yep. Woohoo. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to crack into these and for you to join us again on the TBR podcast because this has been really fun. So we are just gonna we're gonna keep rolling, getting these TBR lists down. Hopefully, you guys are too. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been Caroline and Sierra and Danielle, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.